Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Oh, oh my God! I I just I just oh my goodness! Oh, it's my hit at rhythm. Saw the Punani rhythm, people. That was Papa Son come out of Jamaica. No, that's what that's really. Oh, sorry, people. If you wonder who that is, yes, people, that's Britney again. I think she has a fan club for all y'all out there. Um, I won't give you her email and stuff like that, but you know, you send me some photos, I'll forward them on her. Not a good stuff, whatever, or your Instagram post. Yeah. So in case y'all. One that's Papa Son live doing the Punani rhythm. I think it was at Sting '98. What happened? So what do you say, Brittany? What's going on? How you feel? I feel good. Um, yeah. happy to be Thank here. You. Oh yeah. yeah. Thanks for holding on. Thanks for holding on. Like I said, people are asking about who you are, who you is, where you be, and all that good stuff. But you know, it's all confidential information. So people out in the world, I did my best to answer all your emails, all your texts, to our other phone, and all your calls to our voicemail. I really appreciate it. It's been a while since I've been on, you know, doing some serious health issues. This is our eighth season, episode number one. And I know uh, Brittany keeps talking about ancient aliens. She always loved that episode. So we're going yeah, to have man. to put together. Are you, are you, are you, yeah, I know. I, I, I do listen. So I'm going to do another <laughs> one. We're going to do another one down the road. I actually have some ideas, and I definitely really want to be on that mix to hear your thoughts on that. Uh, let's see what else people. Let's see, uh, let's see here. Arm is doing well. Had surgery a little while ago. Won't get into it. But uh, let me let you all know she was there. She helped out. She made sure I was holding healthy so I can be here in a rice, yes, y'all. Sir. And just to let you all know, we crossed our landmark. Last time I was on the air, we had 54,000 listeners. Today, when I checked, we had 59,492 listeners. So I want to give you all a shout-out for your patience, your love, much care, and all that good stuff. But you all made it possible, what have you. So we're here to talk about today uh, this movie, uh, <laughs> Brightburn. It was, oh, my God. But anyway. Let me, let, let me give you a little clip from that movie, and then we're going to get right into it because, you know, again, this is a give and take conversation where we just talk about what we talk about. And Brittany always has these insights where you wonder if she's really a screenwriter, in, you know, in, in, in hiding or something like that. So, oh, please. <laughs> hold on. Here we go. This is for you all, a little scene here. And again, in the title, it says Brightburn Spoilers. So if you say, oh, Saeed, why'd you say, look in the title, leave now, go quietly, I don't want to hear it, <laughs> seriously, all right? <laughs> I'm going to say it again, spoilers, I don't know how to say it in French, but spoilers in English, I don't know how to say it in Spanish either, spoilers, <laughs> so go quietly, so let's get a little scene in here right now. overwhelmed. You must feel right now. But you have to know that your dad and I, we believe that you came here for a reason. And you are special. 
I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Um, people, yeah. it comes down to the mom that essentially what happens, for those that don't know, is people want to say it's a riff on the Superman story, what have you. And what a lot of people don't know in Milestone comic books that came out a couple of years ago through DC Comics, there was a character named Icon who he was an alien that flesh landed on Earth back in the day during um, enslavement, during slavery. And this alien would replicate the first face he saw. So when an enslaved woman opened the capsule, this alien saw this black woman looking at her. The alien took on the features of a black person. So this person grew up to be like a superhero named Icon. And the only reason why he was black is because the first person he saw, you know, was a black person, which is very fascinating. So thankfully he didn't mm. like a cow or a goat. Oh, yeah, his name is Icon. He has a red suit. Uh, green cape, and he's actually, I hate using this measurement because I think it just gives too much credence to Superman, but he's actually toe-to-toe with Superman. He's that strong. Now, I don't know why. He'd make a great film, in my opinion, but, you know, I'm just putting it out there for the for the universe to hear. So it's not like this story is original in any kind of way. It's been done, you know, a few times in some kind of context. And even as we was talking about before, there was a storyline, three-part series, uh, Superman, Red Sun, where Superman didn't land the United States. He landed the Soviet Union during, you know, the Cold War era. But in that movie, it, in that comic book series, it touched on something in a prior conversation, whereas um, this uh, murderer, I can't think of any other name for him, uh, decides to be a murderer full out. Superman in that series, even though he was raised in the Soviet Union, still had humanity inside him, wanted to do good for the people. So I think you did mention what you had mentioned was uh, that they did have a great opportunity to do something with the end. It just, it, it, it felt like, I just remember our conversation, we came with like nine different possible endings in one conversation. Right, <laughs> <So>. right. <laughs> and then you got to go into sequels and prequels and stuff like that. Right? Right. I... I I think, I don't know. Again, I give them love. They had only $7 million to work with. I thought it was kind of fascinating. But again, I still feel they, I'm not sure what they should do. Were they trying to do a variation of the Superman story? Were they trying to do, like you said, a sports 12-year-old, which I can attest to as a high school teacher? I've seen those students <laughs> like that. <laughs> and you said a private school, which I can attest to. I hate you. You lied to me. You lied. You said I could go on the field trip. You lied to me. Right, right. Oh, man. Well, let's go back to something you brought up a couple of times, and you brought up in our earlier mix. I'll definitely link to this um, broadcast, what have you. Oh, my God. We're at 300 people being live. Just to let you know. I don't want to like, put you nervous, Ooh. but we're at, oh, no, we're at 350 right now. Okay, here are the questions. I'm going to see if I can get some of these questions together, and I'll let you uh, let them answer it in your flow. But okay. you, had talk, you had talked about the girl. You had mentioned the girl earlier. Can you elaborate again on that scene with the girl, like for the audience who hasn't seen it yet or for those who have seen it and are still kind of a little confused? Um, the okay, well, there was, there was only like two or three scenes of significance, I think. The first one was um, they established that he has this fascination with her and – they try to capitalize on his lack of control of self when the dad kind of tries to have a man talk with him about, you know, <laughs> indulging on his urges. 
And so he's like, oh, can I do it now? And they're like out in the woods. And he's like, no, not right now. And he goes, hmm. And then all of a sudden he just cuts out and like runs to the girl's house in the night and is like lurking in her bedroom. And you don't know what he's going to do. Like, is he going to try to assault her? Like, what is he trying to do? And then all of a sudden the mom comes in and he leaves and the girl's like, oh, my God, I saw him. He was here. And the mom's kind of like, what's going on? The second scene is he, comes, he like, breaks her um, arm at school because she's like, you're a creep. Now lead up and to it. Lead feels, up to that little circle. The circle. Lead up. Yeah, they were, like, having a trust. They were, like, in gym class and doing this exercise. And he had, she had to, like, engage with him and she didn't want to so she called him a creep he freaked out he got angry he felt violated by her like you know throwing him under the bus and so he breaks her hand mm. so the last time you see her is when she's in her bed again she's trying to like write a report she's just trying to live her life with her one arm and <laughs> comes back into the room with some with some sad looking flowers, like, Hey, I'm back, didn't you? And she's like, What are you doing here? Like, get out. Like, mom told me, Don't 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 engage with me. Like, I'm not supposed to talk to you and he's like, Oh really? And then he's like, I'll take care of that and so then he dips out and goes and kills the mother. And she's like working late. She's a waitress. She's trying to clean the dishes. She's trying to make this money for her girl. And he just up I and I was like, what is going on here? So mm-hmm. for me, it was like, and then after that, you don't see her. That was it. It right. was the only time you saw her. And for me, it was like, what? Is, what was the point of? It just felt like she was one dimensional, and it could have, she could have had more significance to the overall story or complexity of the storyline if they had kept her involved in it. Maybe, like, if they had kept her in there, it could have added to him struggling inside with empathizing with humans since they kind of, like, raised him. But then his calling from his alien race to kill everything, you know, it could have added more of a, I don't know, struggle. There's actually a word that we use um, in um in the writing of the the uh, I'm trying to remember in English uh the McGovern or you've heard the words like I don't know if the words like McGovern something like that it'll hit me in some capacity it's just a it's just a story prop or something just to move move the story forward and I think okay. the girl it popped in my mind as you were describing that scene a little deeper as you always get deep with the de- with the detail I think that scene was just used more to enhance instead of the other way around, because that was actually the most frightening scene for me in the whole movie. Like, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when when does take take a literal meaning to him in this scene? And, you know, she's like, right. Ma, Ma said I can't talk to Oh, I'll, I'll take care of that. Don't worry about it. So he takes care of it. He never comes back for the girl. Like, right. And what, was, and what was the point? I mean, you really wanted her. So, yeah. Right. Interesting. Well, hold on. On that note, folks, let's take our first commercial break here, sponsored by uh, nobody. So, anyways, let's get out of business. <laughs> All right, a little mur- a musical interlude. Hold on, people, let's have some fun. That's funny. <laughs> Thank you. 
I, I got to find a club. I'm going to have to end the show right now and go you know, do some business. Yeah, we got a caller in right. here, 224. <laughs> if I was looking for my baby powder. House heads, you know what I'm talking about when it comes to that baby powder on the floor doing business. But, you know, this is L.A. kind of like don't know about that stuff. But anyway. Yeah, they don't two, know about that. <laughs> we have a 224 217 online here. Let's find out who this person, this individual is, who I didn't realize was on for about six minutes. My apologies. Let's see what we can find out. Hopefully the individual is still there. I have thoughts about the film. And let's see what's going on here. Hold on for one second. Hello, friend. How are you? Oh, I think we lost him. Yep, I think we lost him. It was uh, 224-217-1193. If you're back, if you're live, Come back in so we can get some words from you. Your thoughts on the film, if you've seen it already, because it's definitely a open forum. Like we're open like Seven Eleven or Store Twenty Four, as we have back in Boston. So back to the <laughs> film here. Now, what are the what are the things that film that sticks out for you in Brightburn? First off, would you recommend it for the people to see it? Blu-ray, DVD, bootleg, go see in the theaters, or go see the home. What would you do? Um. It depends on what you're trying to achieve for the night. Mm-hmm. So if you have that's an interesting way of putting it. <laughs> if you really are passionate about movies and you really want to experience something full, I would say just watch it at the house, get a bootleg. If you're on a date and you're really focused on your significant other, it's a great mm-hmm. movie to pick because you don't have to pay mm-hmm. too much attention to. There's enough noise where you could sneak a feel real quick. <laughs> um, yeah, or, you know, if you just want to take a nap, you want to get a matinee and you just want to chill out, sure, why not? But depends. Depends on the goals of the night. <laughs> did you feel, let me ask you this question. Did you feel by a colleague of mine, uh, Mr. Manson, what's going on out there? He's a fellow teacher of mine. He, he um, used the word tropes because he teaches drama. Do you feel there was a couple of tropes or cliches in this film itself from your point of view? Yes. Um, I felt like some of the way, some of his relationships with his, even his own parents, kind of mm-hmm. the way they were trying to build up a reason for him to dissociate from humanity in general mm-hmm. kind of seemed basic like yes his father tried to shoot him at the end there toward the end and he felt betrayed by that but I felt like they didn't show enough of him struggling with those emotions like I feel Mm -hmm. like it was too quick for him to just cut off like I feel like in real life if somebody that close to you does something like that you're going to have more of an an issue. Like, you could have shown, they could have shown his destruction, his mental health, like that destruction, a little more. Interesting. Yeah, but instead it it, it just seemed very black and white, like, Mm oh, you tried to shoot me, not kill you. Like, it wasn't, I could have, like, it could have been a little more acting there, I think. Or so you get the, even with the oh, okay, 
the even mom. with the mom, like the dramatic mm-hmm. stabbing, like it took like three minutes for her to put her arm back, I think. So why is it taking this long? Hold on, hold on, people. I gotta describe this how Brittany says it. She's she's not describing that scene with the arm. She really broke it down to me when we was walking down to get some food. <laughs> oh my god! I think she said it was like so a big true, stab. It was like she. Hey, people, this was happening. What you call it? The little uh, Brandy, the murderer. <laughs> Finally, you know, <laughs> the mother is old and getting cocky now. Oh, Brandon, Brandon. So, you know, trying to look for Brandon. Stay away for Brandon to come to her. She goes to look for Brandon. So, Brandon pops up. So, mom remembered that after she realizes that, um, when, okay, let me, let me come back. Let me come back. The husband has been telling the, um, the, the Tori, the wife, that this child is not normal. He eats metal spoons. Teeth don't come out. She knocks the husband across the, the, the kitchen. But mom's size of the son. Now, I don't know about other communities, <laughs> but where I come from, if, if a child pulled that kind of stunt, they would murder the child in the kitchen. But anyway, <laughs> mom sees, then he breaks, he breaks the arm of this one child, of the girl, as Brittany has mentioned earlier. And now we don't mean like break like a little, like a little um, crack in the knuckle. Breaks the hand in a, in a full arm cast, and the kid gets two-day suspension. Yeah. I think Brittany can attest to my reaction as a teacher as to, that was it. With the, the sheriff standing in the office, no one gets arrested, but I'll be quiet. So anyway, I, I digress. So it just feels like that mom, for some reason, is just in denial of the serial killer of Ted Bundy being in her house. Until she finds, even when the husband shows her, remember that scene when he shows her the bloody, the blood-stained sweatshirt that I guess best friend was wearing, and even then, mom said, "No, the guy died in the drunk driver, and she only believed the son. And she's like, "I'll never turn against him. I'll turn against him." And somehow, when she finds the notebook of all his graffiti of destruction and prophecy, then he believes her. And Brittany, what happens? When she makes the phone call. Yes, I'm here. No, I'm asking you, remember what happens when she finds the notebook and then she calls her husband? Yeah, who's, who's, who's but in that the woods? was too late at that point. It was like at the end of the movie. So he's, she, at this point, she, the son comes back and he's tearing up the house, literally. He's breaking it apart literally. to like, scare her and he's killing the cops that had arrived to try to help and the mom's like screaming and yelling and she's got the phone in her hand. And then she remembers that he cut himself on the spaceship when he was near it. And so she runs to the barn to go to the spaceship to get a piece of metal. And just so happens to just break off easily when she gets there without mm. any tools or anything. She just breaks it off. Mm. And then she has this sharp listen, piece. Listen, shard. listen, everybody. Listen to the description. Here it comes. Listen up. Go ahead. <laughs> she has this shard of metal. And now she's feeling, you know, confident that she can do something. So she tucks it in her pant, and she's like, Brandon, Brandon. And she's trying to call him the way she used to when they would play hide-and-seek together. And he comes out, and he's all vulnerable. And she's like, oh, my baby, I love you. And she takes the mask off and pulls him mm-hmm. clothes and holds him. She's like, I love you. And first of all, she goes into this, like, three-page monologue. Mm-hmm about her love for him and this and that. 
and she's hugging him, hugging him, but then she's like slowly reaching for the shard of metal, and she slowly puts it all the way up to to the tips of her reach. Like she's then Yeah, and then proceeds to shift her shoulders so that her arm slowly leans back, like very slowly now, is leaning all the way back. And then when she begins to propel forward to stab him in this dramatic display of um, termination, if you will, he obviously saw it coming like three minutes ago and just catches her arm and then kills her. It was like, okay, well, there goes that. <laughs> and so um, I felt that was pretty cliche because she had the whole monologue thing going on. It felt like a Shakespearean ordeal, mm-hmm. like Romeo and Juliet. Like, but, um, yeah, that was, that was know, troubling it's because it's like the backstroke, like the creature from the Black Lagoon underwater. She, 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 her arm, like you said, like, was reaching for the ceiling, like the light bulb. And, you know, we were talking later on, I said, he, he just came like a prison stabbing. The minute she rolled up right? on him, just got stabbing him. You know, right? Stomach, it's got to come from the hip. There's the time for the back reel. <laughs> you know, because he, he would have he never saw that coming, but no. Right. And then, you know, it, it, you know, oh, we got 224-217-1193 is in the cut. Let's see what's going on here. Let's see who this person is, Brittany. This person has been All on right. the line for the second time, so hopefully it's not anybody from the film itself. <laughs> so. <laughs> it might be. <laughs> All right, 224-2017-1193, you on live. Where are you from? Are you with us or you're not with us? What's going on? Talk to us. Ah, I still don't see him. Maybe they're just listening to the cut. You get us in our chat room as well, because I see about 90 in the chat room are going back and forth with you as well. So, again, if you don't hear us hotline-wise, 224-217-1193, uh, then come creep with us and join us in the room, and I'll definitely read your questions out loud. But I hear some static in the background, so I don't know if we're having a bad next year. So just let me know what's going on. We'll come back to you again, my friend. Most definitely we'll come back to you again. All right, so, right, Burn. Uh, people, it's a very fascinating film. Me, you know, I was a little frustrated. I think Brittany can attest to that. Maybe a little frustrating is an is a understatement. I just felt like, <laughs> I think, as Brittany attested to much earlier, I just felt like they got stuck it's like they got stuck at the end of what do we do but let me read some questions to you here and i want to hear your answers uh we have a couple mm-hmm. of questions here from the odds out there uh who are now at 942 okay so for question number one from miguel in ooh, florida i miss florida miguel what's going on uh miguel says first Brittany, thanks for joining in i love your voice uh, hopefully you'll come back on again. And his question is, Aww, who is the villain? You. That's what she so y'all see. This is what happens. Now I gotta have her come back again. Oh my god. So people, who is uh, he wants to know who is the villain in Black in Brightburn? Who is the villain in Brightburn? Hmm. I guess it depends on the point of view of um like what. You can look at it a few ways. I mean, the obvious answer is a boy mm-hmm. in terms of humanity. But you can go into a deeper look at it, and you can say it could have been the father or it could mm. be the mother for being in denial this whole time and not um, taking action sooner. It could be... Um, 
the the mother of the girl because she was always trying to get him in trouble um, and not kind of being understanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it depends on the point of view because in his eyes, he has a few people who aren't, you know, who are seen as villains. Yeah, yeah. That's in, that's uh, interesting. That's interesting. Is yeah. there anyone else you want? Anybody else you would like to refer to, uh, reference in the film in that capacity in reference to being a villain? Mm, no, I was I would say the mom I would call first. I would say she's probably, if anything, she could be seen as the villain the most. And then the dad. Mm. Those two I would pick to be the, the most mom. compatible. <laughs> the mom yeah, who thinks denial is... Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, that denial was so thick throughout the movie and kind of made things worse. Mm-hmm. And it just let his behavior continue. And then the mm. ultimate betrayal of her trying to kill him at the end. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. I just put some chloroform on his mouth when he was sleeping, but that's just me. It's interesting. You said, you said something about the point of view, which I don't think a lot of people would have looked at that. And you brought it up very interesting how he sees people who could be the villain to him. It was mm-hmm. very interesting because I was thinking about the girls. I was thinking when you talk about the mom, I was thinking about the, the, the girl's mother who, when the daughter told her, told the mother that Brandon is outside the window. First, I thought mm-hmm. she was gonna get snatched out when she walked through the window. She didn't believe the daughter, and she never was like, "What?" She never like, "Okay, why would she say that?" Make she's like, "Oh no, you just sleepwalk." And the mom's like, "No, he's outside the window." Very interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Here's the next question: Is Brightburn? This is from Sarah in Minnesota. Is Brightburn a horror movie? Um. I wouldn't call it a horror movie. I would call it more of like a thriller. They have moments where they try to like scare you and have them pop up or have like gory-ish scenes, but I wouldn't call it a horror movie. Definitely more thriller. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And th- a thriller in what vein? Mm. Like, give me an example. What do you mean? What by Do you mean like, uh, let's see, um... Uh, an action piece, kind of like action, a drama pe- action piece like Shazam, comic book piece like um, the Avengers or horror along the lines of. Uh, let me give me horror. Who'd be a good example? Horror, horror. More along the halls of alien, aliens, and stuff like that, or a psychological mm-hmm. thriller along the lines of a serial killer in the making. I think it could be a. A cross between a couple of those, mm-hmm. but um, it's hard to say because it was only like the beginning. It was the beginning of a serial killer, but at the same time, I didn't feel like um, afraid watching it. If that makes mm. sense, the mm. way you would if you watched it or. Um, Candyman, or I'm probably dating myself with these movies, but <laughs> uh, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. When you, come, um, you know that you know, you know they make another like one. <laughs> oh, I know. I'm, I'm probably. Uh, I don't even want to know who's in that because sometimes when they remake stuff, it's kind of like, uh, but anyway. Um, no, nothing's original. Yeah, so I would say it was more 
Mm, action, action mm-hmm. thriller with a little bit, with a sprinkling of psychological in it. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. Let me, let me read this. I want to read something to you. I came across an article because there's actually a series called Miracle Man. I think a lot of comic book heads and sci-fi heads out there would know all about it, what have you. I came across an article. It was in um, EW.com, Entertainment Weekly, by Christian Hullop. And it was how, how Brightman, Bright, Brightman, <laughs> how Brightburn <laughs> connects to one of the best superhero comics ever. And it's a short, like barely, it's not even two short paragraphs. But I want to read this to you and see if you would say there is a similarity and maybe this is the direction that Brightburn could have went in this film. So I'm just going to read it real quick. Why Brightburn is a riff on Superman, Miracle Man is a twist on the Shazam concept where young boys could transform themselves into adult super beings with a single magic word, Kimota, which is the word atomic, atomica in, in reverse with a capital A. When Miracle Man begins, former Wonder Kid Michael Moran has aged into bitter middle age only to suddenly dis- rediscover the magic of Kimota and his beautiful super self, Miracle Man. Mike soon discovers that one of his formerly, formerly cheerful young sidekicks, Kid Miracle Man, is also alive and well. But while Mike lived in obscurity for years while his alter ego language forgotten in his sleep, Kid Miracle Man never changed back into human, Johnny Bates, after his brief separation. What happened in this series is that you would say that word, you would t- turn into this powerful being, and then you would revert after a while, you'd say the word again and revert back to who your normal self is. So this guy went off and lived off in the hills. This is just me saying it, in Saeed's words. Just went, went to live in the hills like Obi-Wan. But when he came back to society, he realized that his sidekick never turned back. He stayed as he was, this most powerful creature. So let me continue back to the article here. Uh, mm-hmm. Johnny Bates after the group separation. He lived for years as an immortal superhero and used his unchallenged might to become a fabulously wealthy titan of industry. That mild man of facade comes crumbling down, though, once Miracle Man returns to challenge him. Kid Miracle Man soon shows exactly what he thinks of normal humans when an intern arrives in the middle of their superpowered confrontation, choosing precisely the wrong time to deliver coffee. Kid Miracle Man leans in close and incinerates her face with a blast of heat vision, much like Brandon does to his father during their camping trip in Brightburn. Superman uh-huh. and Shazam have plenty of human friends and allies, but the truth is it's hard to imagine such powerful beings adhering to concepts like, quote, family, end quote, when they can incinerate anyone who annoys them at a whim. Superhero fantasies like Sh- Superman and Shazam are based on the idea that if kids were given superpowers, they would surely use them in defense of innocence or idealism. Surely such power would only serve to help them realize that their best selves. Brightburn and Kid Miracle Man make the opposite claim, putting godlike power in the hands of adolescent boys would just amplify their hormonal rage and alienation until they laid waste to the world around them. Miracle Man culminates with Kid Miracle Man destroying London and twisting his residence into a grotesque rendition of Hieronymus uh, box painting. As Brightburn ends, Brandon is well on his way to doing his own version of that. And I was thinking about something that you had said in the beginning, how Brightburn reminded you of those spoiled 12-year-old kids that you mm-hmm. met in private school. Yeah, no, literally, because I think um, it's, I don't agree that anyone who was given that would be, would choose that path. I think part of it has to do with who they are as a person, how they were raised, what's their circumstances, what are their morals, because part of it is environment, part of it is parents, parenting, but part of it too is just your own spirit and who you are as a spirit. And if inherently you're not like, about positivity or you gravitate 
toward more negative ideals, then of course you're going to abuse that power. I think more than if you were um, someone who kind of would rather do something more positive. So it depends mm-hmm. on the personality of the person. So yeah, again, I I touched on the spoiled kid because that's what I saw kind of in terms of when they act out and they're not properly disciplined when they mm. um act and I, like I got especially with the mother like she I didn't feel like she was properly disciplining him like she just kept defending his actions and it was kind of like no like that needs to be checked and I think right. with a different kid different circumstances that movie would have gone a little differently mm. Great point, and I think we kind of see that now, even without like superpowers per se. But it's like kids are spoiled; they always get told yes, they always get to do what they want. They act nasty when someone tells them no and doesn't give them their way. And it's like, as a teacher, I've seen that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) But you know, not my class, right? You know, I pretty much shut that down real quick. But yeah, yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point. It's a great point. There was something that we touched on. Um, a reference you had just uh, alluded to was the end, and it felt you wonder, okay, do they have something planned uh, for a sequel? Are they going to do a prequel? Because uh, for me, the ending for me, as I said earlier, I think there should I, stories don't. I don't really. I never bought into the Western thinking of writing where there has to be a middle, a, a, a beginning, middle, or end. There could always be a beginning, middle, or end in the first part. I've always felt that. I just felt in this mm-hmm. one there was really no conclusion. Everything was leading up to nothing but destruction, and even the ending was still like, you know, okay, what's the point of all this? Where is his comeuppance? Where is where is the consequence of his actions? And where is the consequence of his actions as it really affects him personally? Because it seems like, yeah, I'm gonna take over the world, and that's all he was thinking about. So for me, you know, I'd recommend people, you know, if you want to see the matinee in Regal's, you know, Tuesday's nine dollar day. I'd rather just wait till it came back to the house. One, I get sick of seeing cell phones being opened up in the dark for people to be texting. That's kind of annoying. <laughs> we had one in front of us and one to the right. But two, for me, it just feels like one of those films. I know what they were trying to do. Maybe they were hampered by the budget. But, you know, for me, old school sci-fi, you know, Space 1999, Jerry Anderson, UFO, Dune, uh, Star Wars, whatever, they were forced to focus, you know, even traditional movies like Serpico or whatever, they were forced to focus on movies on the storyline, not just the effects. And I think mm-hmm. they, I think they kind of got away from that towards the end. But on that note, people, we are now at the end of our groove here. Brittany, I want to say thank you so much for taking the time on your busy schedule because you have a lot going on. Oh, it's, it's a three-day weekend. You. And, you know, you're more than welcome. You know, this is a rare time. You get a chance to relax. You know, you have like, you're always doing something. You're always doing something. You're always doing something. But anyways, you have a great evening. You take care. People, let's take a little, let's hear Pac take us out, and you take care of yourself, and good night. Good night. Thank you so much. You are more than welcome. Understand all he does is stress you. I can see his state of misery from the introduction. He found no 
in the touch. This honest discussion, maybe we can see a better way. Find a brighter day. Late night phone conversations, would that be okay? I don't wanna take up all your time. Be the next in line. Tell me your size, let me find you things with you and I. I can see you across the stand up there from not to scare you. The anticipation of love making got you shaking when I'm standing near you. Use a precision to prepare you in case you be scared. Just that's the man in the mirror. Now the picture's getting clearer. All he does is hit you hard. I tell you to leave and you tell me keep my faith in God. I don't understand, I just wanna bring you home. I wonder should I leave you alone? Put in my heart, I know you're worth it Tell me, can you get away? Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.